Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got an episode that just ended for me, and you're about to hear it, and it was so great. I got to hang out with Tamina. She's going to be a coach on our team very soon. She was completely new to any kind of business, especially e-commerce, as recently as, oh, it was mid-2022, and here we are, early 2024, and she's built a beautiful business. She's a pastor's wife, five kids, very busy schedule. But like I said, she's built an amazing business based on the Amazon selling model that we teach in this community to all of our new sellers. I'm talking about the replens selling model from the Proven Amazon course. If you want to get started yourself, you can go to provenamazoncourse.com and jump in. $39 a month gives you all the education you're ever going to need, exactly what you need right when you need it. So it's a library of content, but we really step you through the different opportunities. So even if you've got some experience, maybe you're struggling in your business, we've got great content for you. If you're brand new, great content for you. It's a library, like I said, of content. But she started with the Amazon Replens model after having experimented with books for a while, as you'll hear us discuss, she was selling some books on Amazon. It went okay, but she was quickly in overhead, realized it couldn't scale, had trouble finding inventory. We'll dive into that part of her story. But we quickly got her into the replens model based on a recommendation from a friend. She's been a longtime listener to this podcast. Then she became a student. Then she became a successful student. She's got a teacher's heart. Now we're talking about bringing her on the team as a great coach. It's just so great to be able to do the, the role, play the role that I play around here, do the job that I do, which is meeting great people like this multiple times per week who are applying the strategies we teach, building beautiful businesses, and truly making a difference in their family's life in their communities, creating opportunities every step of the way. So fun. Well, we spend some time talking today specifically about how she finds product, what tools and resources that she's using. Please keep in mind that if you go to the show notes for today's episode, go to silentgym.com, click on podcast, find today's episode, or maybe you're watching on YouTube near this video, you're going to see links to everything we talked about. In many cases, the resources have really great discounts for you too. So be sure to use our affiliate link. Yes, we get a little cut, but we've taken care of you because of the size of our community. We give you a great discount quite frequently on the tools and resources that you may hear mentioned today by Tamina. Looking at my notes, see if there's anything else that I need to talk over with you. Uh, We do spend a minute talking about, although Tamina can't make it to our conference, regrettably, she can't make it that weekend, but we are having an event in May and she's going to join us by live stream. It's May 23rd through 25th in Orlando, Florida, right by SeaWorld. It's the Proven Conference. If you've listened to other episodes recently, you've heard us talking about it. Tickets are now on sale. Hundreds of people from this podcast listening audience have already registered. It's going to be a fantastic event. My favorite living author is our keynote speaker, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. You can get details on all of this at theprovenconference.com and plan to come join us. Like I said, there will be virtual options available as well. So you can be in the Facebook group with the event. You can experience the event live. You can get all the recordings for a very low price. That option's coming very soon to decide if you can actually join us. But hopefully you can. May 23rd through 25th of 2024 in Orlando, Florida. Plan to be there if at all possible. I think that's enough opening comments for now. Let's jump over and talk to today's guest, Tamina Sharp. You're going to enjoy this. So Tamina, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me, Jim. 
It's truly an honor. I'm looking forward to this time together. I know a little bit of your story, but I don't know much. So fill us in and uh, let's get into it. Yeah. So the story with me is I'm a stay-at-home mom of five crazy kids and um, pastor's wife. So along the way, I've always been trying to make money on the side here and there. Money can be tight, you know, ministry, you don't get into it for the money. So to make ends meet, you know, I'm looking for things here and there to, you know, pay the bills. So I happen to be sick with COVID. I think is what I had in, it was 2022. I'm in bed, I'm scrolling through reels and I see a guy on Facebook and he's, he happens to be at Ross and he's showing an item. He's like, I can buy this for $5 and make it, make $50 on it, stack that cash. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know you could make money on Amazon. I thought only Amazon makes money on Amazon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I like that got me started into, I'm going to research this. What's, what's this all about? Cause I'm a researcher. I'm never going to jump into something till I've like, I've dug into it big time. So I started researching. I came across the private label thing. There was a guy making easy money, you know, with private label. But like the conservative side of me was like, that seems risky. That's a lot of capital maybe that I don't have. We didn't have any money to start up. So as I researched it, I came across selling used books. So I decided, well, that seems like a model I can do, like very low startup cost. So I live in Colorado Springs. We happen to have a Goodwill outlet, which is kind of a gold mine if you want to get into used books. So I, I've researched all that. I got into, I found how to, you know, where you'd scan a book and this app would turn green if, if it was a good book. So I started that in July of 2022. So I'd go every single morning. I would, you know, you'd be digging through these huge boxes of books, like dirty, awful, like they're, called Gaylord. So they're like chest high boxes of books. Right. And (laughs) I'd come home with like 50 to hundred books. I'd list them. I'd go back the next morning and do the same thing. So I made my first sale in July. So I guess I was sourcing prior to that, but made my first sale in July and really hit it hard. And by August I had sold, and that's textbook seasons. That's the best month for booksellers. I'd sold 13,000 in books. So I was, my husband and I were just like, wow, this is, Like your garage, or were you sending them in? No, no, I was doing an FBA. FBA with yeah. books as late as 2022. It for six months, so I didn't come across those long-term storage fees really. So I, I can't speak to whether it would. You're have... not doing books any longer. No, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to spend the opening segment talking you out of books. I didn't. Think no, no, no. I'm. Mm-hmm. Books was great to get me started, give oh, a perfect con- concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so and he's never sold on Amazon before, but he's been listening to it for years. So I was listening to your podcast and I listened to probably less than one episode and I was like, oh, replens, this sounds way better than what I'm doing right now. So I really was like, I'm, I'm ready to jump ship. I really want to switch to this. And my husband was like, you know, you're making money. Maybe you should just ease into that. So Paper I, in, yeah. I decided I'm going to sign up for the Proven Amazon course. So I did that. And meanwhile, I'm continuing the book thing. So as the year goes on, it gets to maybe November. And suddenly there's no more books at the Goodwill outlet. Someone was like buying up all the books apparently before the people got there. 
And so like my source was gone. Suddenly it was no longer even an option it, with that model I was doing. And so at that point, my husband like was, okay, I guess, I guess I'm okay with you like jumping into this replant thing. I'm like, yes, I'm so ready to start this. Well, let's spend a little bit of time there because for for several years, up until about probably three or four years ago, we encouraged people to start with books. And it is kind of a low-hanging fruit opportunity in a way, but I yeah. detected your exasperation with the model. And I think I know exactly why you're going to say it was exasperating and, and difficult. It's a lot of hard work, but more yeah. than that, it just doesn't scale well. It oh, just absolutely. Yeah. doesn't. And, and I'm more interested, you know, because I put people into a couple of different categories when they come into our community. One of them is, I just need a few extra hundred bucks a week. I'll do anything. It's flexible. Someone please help me kind of vibe, right? Other people are like, you know, I've got some time. I got some money. I'm looking for something legitimate. It's the people who are like, someone help me. Even them, I'm not so excited about books anymore as we used to be, just because it's so much work. You end up with so much excess inventory. And if you're not careful, like you and I already alluded to, you can end up with some massive storage fees at Amazon for the books that yeah. aren't selling. So it's right. not this, you know, golden goose, just go out there and search through a bunch of books, scan a bunch of barcodes. And, you know, it's not what it used to be. So we like to start people with replants, just to be clear. Although sounds like you did well, $13,000 in books in a couple of months. You were hustling. <laughs> like the, I was hustling. Yeah. Full-time gig, I'm thinking. Like you were coming home with car loads of books. I mean, it, was, it was pretty close to full-time. I mean, you know, obviously my kids are here. So it's it's just a constant mix of kids, biz, kids business, kids business back and forth. We so. did books and kids at the same time. You know, we've got that in common. Five kids homeschooled them all the way up. And they were, they remember going through stacks of books and scanning barcodes, but that had been like 12 years ago for us. And it was a decent opportunity then. Uh, and, and we did okay with it, but yeah, good. I just want to spend a little more time there. So no one goes under the impression like, Hey, go start with books. Like, ah, oh yeah. It's so yeah. It's so lucrative. Go do it. No. <laughs> yeah, but there is a cool course. Have you been through the safe book profits? Course. I have not. I really need to do that, but I was trying to stay focused. Okay, I need to focus on one thing at oh, a time. But I'm, of course, I am going to check that out. Sure. But I'm kind of <laughs> keeping the listeners in mind too. We might have some people who'd say, "Are like, yeah, I gave up on books. I got thousands in my garage. Like, oh, I'm done with books." That Safe Book Profits course, I, I, you may know this, Tamina, but the listener may not. Is teaches you how to just bulk sell those books to bulk book buyers, especially like textbooks, which in a lot of cases aren't allowed on Amazon. Because, right. you know, the copyright or whatever issues and like, you're not approved to sell this book. Okay. I'm going to sell it to these bulk book buyers. That course talks you how to just send boxes of books and collect checks for hundreds of dollars as you get rid of your inventory or, you know, and the, the lady that put this together, her mom earns hundreds of dollars a month or hundreds of dollars a week, excuse me, thousands a month, just part-time oh. gig juggling books. You can make so much more money doing other things. But that's her thing. It's the safe book profits yeah. module inside the Proven Amazon course. But anyway, we can move on from books. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely plan to check out that course. So so my book source had dried up, started into replens. So, you know, I I took my time like finding like my the some good ASINs to test. And I made the rookie mistake of not accounting for inbound shipping. So mm-hmm. I had found a few heavy products and so I maybe I had 10 products to start, sent them in and discovered later like, oh, I didn't account for inbound shipping. So I basically broke even on those. They were not profitable, but it was a good learning experience. Didn't deter me. Breaking (laughs) even, putting together a few shipments, nothing wrong with that. You know, most businesses start off in a deep hole and try to dig out of it with this. 
yeah, you're breaking even, losing a couple of dollars as you're learning the business. That's not, a, you know, I'm not concerned with that at all. I think more people need to do that instead of being so hesitant and and, and overly cautious. Probably they're going to break. Yes. Something. Yeah, break, they overthink. They overthink it for so long and never yes. send anything in. I, I know a few people the like people that. I've talked to for years have been listening to the podcast and just haven't pulled the trigger and sent something in. <laughs> like, come on, this isn't that complicated. Just get going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I continued through the proven Amazon course. I did the Keepa advanced Keepa courses. I did mm-hmm. OA simplified mm-hmm. and I was, I was all in. So I decided to make the investment and jump into coaching, which was great over my, so my sales, like starting out with replens, like it was, and it was including books at that point. Cause the books hadn't dwindled yet. So my sales right away were at 10,000 a month. And so then the, so the replen sales are going up, the book sales are going down. So my sales overall, that the beginning of 2023, it was a, it was a very gradual increase. So it went from 10,000 to 11,000, this is monthly to, I'm looking at 11.3, 13. So I was a little frustrated because I was like, you know, you hear these stories of people that just scale huge and they, they double every month. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I'm not there, but I'm going to keep at it. What was um, the limiting factor? Was it capital or was it finding good ASINs, would you say? Or something you else? Know, it's, I feel like it was learning to find the good ASINs. But that was a time. huge one. Time is a factor too. Um, I feel like... A, homeschooling. Yeah, time, time, <laughs> time is definitely a factor. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the products I was finding were on the beaten path, as you say, where a lot of them were tanking. So it was like I would lose ASINs as fast as I was gaining them. So it was like, I couldn't really get traction. Mm-hmm. So you you talked so much about the conference and building relationships. I was like, I need to do this. Like I've been doing this. I've had coaching, but other than the coaching and being on the Facebook group, I'm kind of alone. I haven't like built other really relationships with other sellers. I was like, I got to go. So I went to the conference and like, if you look at the graph of my sales, like, you know, it was slow increase. And then after the conference, it, it's been like, more of a steep increase in my sales. So I would say probably increasing by 30% every month. And I feel like there's like, I can tie it to a few things. First of all, I was really inspired by, well, so many people at the conference, so many sessions, but particularly the the OA sellers, like that was definitely the model. I was like, I've got to really focus on this. So it inspired me to go back and rewatch OA Simplified. It, It hadn't really clicked with me the first time, but it, like it clicked with me watching it again. And I would encourage people, if something doesn't click, like watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are slow learners like me. And like, we just, you just got to go over things again to really get it. To I, like I often click. liken it to, you know, you read a book as a kid and you're like, oh, that was a good book. That was fun as a 12 year old or whatever. Then you read it again as an adult and you're like, whoa, okay. There's a lot more going yeah. on here that I missed. And it was good then when I was yeah. new and didn't know yeah. what I was noticing. But a few months in, a year in, it's like, whoa, that's a profound concept that went right over my head. So yeah, I love it. And, and you're talking about OA Simplified. I just want to make sure everyone realizes, listeners today, that that's one of the modules inside the Proven Amazon course collection, you know, dozens of modules in there. That's one of them. It is also sold separately as a standalone course, which is the case for all that content as well. OASimplified.com as an online arbitrage. OASimplified.com has details. This one of the great benefits of being a proven Amazon course student is it's included. 
So yeah, he went through it a couple times and yes, phenomenal. Just so much good content in there. And we've learned it. We're always learning, but man, that, that is a really good module for those looking to do some online sourcing for the replens model. Yeah. So you went through it a second time and, and I, I did. but before we go through to that, you just said something too. I want to spend just a moment on, you said 30% a month after the conference, you mentioned OA simplified and you were inspired by the OA people. What else about the conference, if anything, and I'm not trying to bait you into something that you weren't prepared to, <laughs> to talk to, but you know, I hear that frequently, like, okay, I was, I was at this level. I went to the conference and now I'm up here. What was it? It was just three days. I mean, what was so impactful about it? And I say it, I say these things all the time, but I love hearing it from people who experienced it. How would you, how would you verbalize that? Oh yeah. It was just, it was launching me into relationships is what it was. I met so many people there and I made so many connections. And then like from those connections, I made more connections. So it, like, I would not be in this, I'm, I'm in, I guess you'd call it a mastermind group. It's a Facebook group of mostly ladies that came together and it was, I got connected to that through the conference in a way, cause mm-hmm. I met one of the gals. Mm-hmm. So like, I just got launched into relationships is what it was. And I have, yeah. now I'm in a group of, there's three of us that share a VA and are like constantly sharing leads with each other. Mm-hmm. So it's just those relationships that came out of the conferences where it, it really yeah. launched me. That's it. That's yeah. the key word. I mean, <laughs> relationships. That's the whole reason business exists from a biblical vantage point is to enhance relationships. So when you go intentionally into it, understanding that relationships aren't a nice add-on benefit, they're actually the whole point. You pursue them intentionally. You come to events, you get out of your comfort zone. I know as e-commerce warriors, a lot of us are, you know, a lot of us are attracted to e-commerce because we're introverts, but you can't let that be an excuse to not pursue relationships with intentionality. Yes, you're busy. Yes, you've got other things you could be doing. Yes, you'd rather be left alone and be at home and just find a good system that makes money, but you've got to break out of that and form friendships, form relationships, create these Zoom masterminds or you know, local meetups, come to the event in May, the Proven Conference. I probably mentioned it in the introduction. There'll be a link in the show notes. May of 2024 is our next one. But yeah, I've, it's the pivot point for so many people's businesses. Absolutely. And like as a pastor's wife, I totally believe that in my, in our church, like, and just in ministry, you're, it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. However, it was easy starting this business to forget that and just focus yeah. on like just ch- doing all the things with Amazon and missing that. And mm-hmm. I like, I'm so glad I, I found those relationships and it's just been just transformational. Yeah. And, and like, it's, heard it's, me say that's the one dividing line between the people who make it and the people who don't intentional pursuit of relationships with others who are in the industry. That's the, that's the one key thing I've been able to identify. It's not intelligence. It's not even tenacity. You know, it's not yeah. sure willpower. It's not how much time you spend studying. It's not how much capital you have. It's yeah. the people who pursue relationships make it. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's come down to that. I've got 22 years of longitudinal study up here in my head of just observing the industry. It's crazy, but it is really that. Yeah. And the more I've gotten into it, the more I've discovered about myself, how much I thrive on, on helping other people. Like I've had other people who are not quite as far along, just reach out to me. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm enjoying just helping them build their businesses more than I'm enjoying building my own. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's so life-giving to me. I'm like, I you love helping teachers you. heart. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't understand that about myself because 
uh, growing up, my sister was the one that wanted to be the teacher. And I was like, heck no, I never, ever want to be a teacher. But I guess there's something different from building a lesson plan as a teacher to just like, I'm going to, I just want to coach you. I just want to share what I have learned. So it's a little easier for you to, on your journey than it was for me. So yeah. Well, been- if you can share something that improves someone else's life, you know, there's a part of us that comes alive when we do that. And if, it, if it's business, if it's actually helping their family tackle what in most homes is the most stressful topic under the roof at any given time, and we're helping them tackle that and solve it. <laughs> That's just so rewarding. You can see why yeah. I call this business, you know, I call it my ministry all the time. Unapologetically, yeah, right? It's ministry. Like I would, yeah. I talk with our leadership team. I think what we do around here is we save marriages. Ultimately, I think that's what we're doing here. <laughs> we're saving marriages because we're taking some of these really stressful circumstances that families are facing and we're turning them into a check they can write to get rid of it. And suddenly that stress is gone. So yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, nothing more rewarding. Nothing more rewarding than helping others. Yeah. Yes, I appreciate your teacher's heart. And that's one of the reasons we're talking about bringing you on the team as a coach too, which we're not going to dive into that too much because we're in the process of that. But by the time people hear this, odds are you're going to be on the team. So that's great. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to help people. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it, let's keep this story going. I've interrupted you a couple of times, so I think we're making some <laughs> some valid points here for the listeners today, especially if someone's new around here. You know, Maybe others have heard me say these things many times, but... Good observations about about relationships uh, and about moving away, moving into replens as your first step. But let's go through. You said you started growing at thirty percent month over month after the conference last year, last summer. Yeah, yeah. So let's keep it going. Yeah. So if I look at my sales, I was at like fourteen thousand at the conference, and from then I went fourteen to seventeen to twenty four to thirty one to thirty five, and then for Christmas, which was amazing, I did almost seventy. You did 70 in December. Yeah. And as so, we're recording this, that's last month. So we're up to almost yeah. current. But what was your what were your net margins on that, either for the year or for December? Just break it down however you can. So for December, my margins were 15% ROI, you know, 30%. This month is a little lower because of all the returns. <laughs> sure. That it's a little harder to get those margins with BD products. But yeah, that's where I'm at with my margins. Well, so, still, that's not bad. I mean, that's putting over $10,000 in the bank, right? And when it's all said and done. Yeah. That, I have homeschooled for the last two years. I haven't. It's kind of, but next year I probably oh. am because I just found out my son's charter school is no longer, is not going to be having his oh, grade. Okay. Here, well, so. maybe, maybe someone had told me that you did because you didn't, I couldn't remember if you'd mentioned it today or not, but I was pretty sure that you did. But regardless, busy mom, five kids. I don't yeah. care how you school them. You're busy. So yeah. well done. That's pretty incredible from going, not knowing anything about e-commerce or really you've never run a business before. Have you? No. Yeah. To a $70,000 a month and put in $11,000 in the bank. It it feels amazing because prior to this, you know, I didn't go to college. Well, I didn't finish my degree because I I chose to go the route of having kids and not, not doing that. So like along the way, like I, I try and get like a, I got a part-time job for, and I had it for 18 years as an administrator. And I think I never made more than $12 an hour, like no matter how good I got it. And I started to feel like the way I'm wired is not someone of that's valuable, you know? Mm. And I know my values in God. So I'm not, I'm I'm saying it like from a monetary point of view. Yeah. Like it was like the way I'm wired. I see other people that are good at at sales. I actually try to become a, um, a mortgage 
broker. I, I passed the test and everything. And I realized I am not wired to do this. This is horrible. I'm out. <laughs> so I, it was very discouraging to feel like I'll just never, I'll never make more than this. And so like, this has just been so affirming for me that like, I'm made to do this. Like I, I'm eating it up. I, it. I, I like, I honestly don't even, like, I don't mind not, I could work all day long. Like I just, it's like a game for me. Like I'm like building something and I'm thriving in these relationships and I'm like eating it up and get yeah. trying to like give my family the attention they need, but it's just been like so yeah. much fun. Like I yeah. integrating it all in together is the secret. I've been doing it for 22 years, you know, get the kids involved yeah. as much as you can find some yes. creative ways for them to contribute. All right. Get some other streams going that they're involved in. That's been the driving factor for me for 22 years. And here I am with four or five of my immediate family that are now in very meaningful roles that fit their personality type contributing. Like that's, that's a so beautiful fun. thing. And, and I'm paying them well to do a role that's vital to the mission and we're doing it together. So, so it's not so much balancing as it is integrating. And, and that's been, at least that's been my experience. And that's kind of what I, you know, when people say, how do you balance it all? I'm like, I'm not trying to balance anything. It is all out of balance 24 seven. So we're all uh, yeah. doing it together. We're doing it together, right? Let's yeah. do out of balance together. That's beautiful, <laughs> right? Who needs balance? I don't see that word balance in the Bible a whole lot, by the way. Like we seem to like put it on this pedestal. Like I don't see it mentioned once, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, but integrating and being, and I love to say it this way. Like, I don't know when I'm being a husband, a dad, a businessman, a, a leader. I don't know when I'm doing those things because I'm doing all of them constantly. It's all integrated into all of it. If the door shut, I'm probably on an important recording like it is now. The door is open, dogs, kids, babies, you know, people swinging by, do a little work, do a little family time, do a little work and family time together, right? That's the way to yeah. do it. Beautiful way to do life. And I don't want to move away from the fact that you put six months salary in the bank in one month in December, based on what you were earning before. You had to work six months at your other job to put in the <laughs> bank. Right. Put in the bank what you put into the bank in December, which come on, your pastor's wife, it's Christmas. You've got other stuff on the calendar, I'm guessing. And you oh, still yeah. sold $70,000 worth of product and put over 10 grand in the bank. Congratulations. That's just so cool. And I can just see the confidence that you have now with people who are listening. Yeah, it's like she looks very confident. This is a business leader <laughs> on my screen right now. I love it. Yeah, it it has been a ride. It's funny because I I kind of I recorded a loom of myself sharing my story because I was terrified out of my mind to do this. And the AI uh, named my talk uh, Journey to Success of a Mompreneur. And I was like, that's me. I'm a mompreneur. <laughs> hey, I'm going to borrow that title if, the, if it's okay with whatever AI you use. That's great. Yes. A mompreneur. I love it. I, I, yeah. I think I've heard that before, actually, but I'm going to write that down right now. And, and so that's going to be part of the title for this one. I love it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Very good. Well, what else do you want to share with us? You know, let's encourage and inspire others. Maybe there's some questions on your mind as well. Like what else were you hoping to share when you did this practice session, which there's no need to ever be nervous to be on a podcast with me. It's just- I'm always the type to over-prepare. It's just me. That's okay. It's a personality type. I can live with I that. mean, it's honestly what opposite. makes me good at this business is that I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way. <laughs> What are your goals? Let's talk about that. Like, where would you like to be, say, a year from now? Do you spend much time thinking about that? I should have an actual number. I guess just I don't know. 
I'm more about trajectory than I am specific targets. That's just me. And again, that's a biblical principle. I don't read a whole lot about goals in the Bible. I read things like run in such a way to win the race eventually, but it doesn't identify at what point that is or what it looks like. Like I'm more about trajectory, right? Habits. Show me your habits, how you spend your time. I can kind of project where you're going to be, assuming life doesn't hit you sideways with something like it can at any time, right? So I'm not a big goal guy. I mean, I'm not saying they're a bad thing. I'm more trajectory, daily discipline. Commit. I know I'm going to end up in a good place if I just stay the course. So, you know, answer that question however you'd like. But like, where's this yeah, um, for you? For me, it's like right now I'm getting it more automated. So I've got one VA in place that's sourcing and mm-hmm. it's been a slow progress with her to get her up to speed. So I'm kind of on the fence now of I should release her and try and find someone else that maybe she doesn't quite understand English well enough is where I'm wrestling it. Mm-hmm. I just got a second VA that's focusing more on ad, my admin type stuff I can give to her. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I didn't mention when we were talking about my huge growth was I got a prep center right around in October. So I feel like that hugely launched my business because suddenly the 20 hours a week I was spending prepping went to sourcing. And so I was just able to scale so I guess my goals would be just get everything automated. I'm just trying to figure out the standard operate operating procedures just so I can just keep building it and working less. <laughs> That's my goal right now. Yeah. So doing only the things that only you can do. And over time that becomes you're the one swiping down to reset the stats and check them right? <laughs> because everything else can be done by someone else as evidenced by, uh, Sure, you've probably heard it. If you haven't, you've got to go listen to episode 754 with Kang. Yeah, I did. I listened to that one. That was great. Crazy, right? Yeah, mind-blowing. Go listen to that episode if you haven't heard it, if you're listening to this show today. But business, doing the stuff that we're talking about today, nothing any different except bigger numbers going in. You know, He's found more ASINs, basically. That's the only difference. But he's built a beautiful system. He's doing his own prep, too. He's hired a couple people, but... He's built a beautiful system that was, it's based on some software that he's going to be allowing our entire community to use very soon. Talking about systemizing, but he just checks his stats. His business is completely automated using virtual assistants to source the inventory, to buy the inventory, sending it to his warehouse that preps it, sends it into Amazon, a team of three or four people handling, managing a $3 million business at a great margin. So yeah, fantastic. Well, you, you said one little thing. I want to give you a little tip. Hiring a virtual assistant, you said English was a little bit of a challenge, a communication challenge. So some for you, Tamina, a little tip. And for the listeners today too, when you start hiring a virtual assistant, there's a podcast episode I recorded back and I think it was around October of 2023. You may want to scroll back and listen to titled something like after working with virtual assistants for many years, here's some things I've learned, right? So go find that episode. Oh, but one of the great. things that I have that I do every time now is when I'm looking to hire someone, I'll create a video that describes the job they're going to be doing. And I'll say, you know, very, pretty specific detail, what I expect for them to respond back to me in acknowledgement that they're qualified. And I'll even say at the end of the video, something like the first line of your response needs to be the phrase, I love purple monkeys. That's the first line of your response. And so as I'm scrolling through, because you can get literally hundreds of responses, you get on any number of you know, virtual assistant job hunting boards, they're everywhere. Just Google virtual assistant hiring. <laughs> you see there's like 
50 qualified services. And you could easily get 100 or 200 people responding. I know they understand the way I speak English and they follow directions well, and they can communicate back to me well if the first line of their response is what I requested because they've had to watch a video, they've had to hear those instructions, right? So the hiring process is vital there. I don't need them to have prior Amazon experience. That actually makes me nervous. Right. Now I'm thinking, how many Amazon sellers are you working for? (laughs) You're just going to be buying some lead list and giving it to 50 of us every day, pretending you're working for only one of us. No, I want to train them, but I want to know they can follow directions because none of this is complex but it does require attention to detail. So just a little tip for you when you're hiring VAs or consider them in the future, you know, make sure that you can communicate easily with them. We, that's one of the reasons we love Philippines is the phone and even get some of them like no accent. It's, it's very pro-Western, pro-America, speak English very well, typically really goes a long way there too. So I'm assuming you're talking Filipinos or yours. Yeah. Yeah. My mother both from the Philippines. Yeah. I just made the rookie mistake of hiring the first person I found. Like we had like a friend had a VA that basically it was a relative. Mm-hmm. So we just hired her and right. like you live and learn. Like it was a learning process. So I feel bad. Like she's got a tough situation. Like she lives near an active volcano. So like I feel bad. Like Oh, letting her go. Philippines is a crazy place. I mean, like they'll just disappear off the grid for three days. And like, what happened? Like, oh, the entire Western side of the island was under three feet of water because of a typhoon, but we're back now. Like that country has been rebuilt so many times. That's part of that tenacious spirit too. Like whatever happens today, we're going to figure it out and we will be back as soon as possible. So it was like, they just vanished. That's probably why a volcano or a hurricane or, but then they rebuild and it's just like, everything pops back up. We're back on again. Yeah. So just a precious culture. Just, yeah. Yeah. But you've got to send them on to do the job that God intended them to do. If it's not working out, you can't hesitate there. You've got to hire people that are competent and doing their job with excellence. such a great relationship with someone who's really, truly contributing versus someone who's kind of, you know, an anchor weight behind the business. <laughs> right? oh. like, those people stack. Find somebody Yeah, that's true. That's good. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but I've got to remind you that Seller Board is the sponsor for today's episode, and they're doing such a tremendous job supporting this community and this podcast. So many happy users. Many of the leaders on our team use this tool. What does it do? Well, among many other great features, it helps you know which of your products are profitable. All those Amazon fees and expenses, you can finally know exactly how much money you're making on the different products that you're selling, which ones you should be paying more attention to and which ones you should probably cut out. Don't use your intuition or instincts to make these decisions. Use a tool that tells you the numbers. Sellerboard is very easy to set up. It's very thorough, very detailed, has a great reputation among many, many, many sellers in our community. Hundreds of us are using it. So thank you for sponsoring this community seller board. Jump over to silentgym.com slash numbers. 
and check out the offer they have for this community. Just a few dollars gets you started. Let's get back to today's show. I think Dave Ramsey, he says, like, send them on to do what God intended them to do because it's not this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's good. Well, so what else is on your mind or any other details of your business? What else did you record on your practice run? I'm curious now. I guess the one thing that I really would love to talk about, like you, you always talk about how we're business building warriors mm-hmm. and mean mm. until I experienced this last year. And mm-hmm. so you've got these challenges that you face every day, you know, with Amazon or an IP complaint or, you know, all these little things that come up. I consider those like small little battles you fight. But when you say business building warriors, I feel like the main war that I have fought this year is a mental battle. It's just like this, like I would be just terrified. Like I couldn't sleep at night because I'd be just so scared that Mm -hmm. like I was going to ruin my family's livelihood because I'm, you know, (laughs) like everything's going to fail. There's the fear of failure be like the self-doubt, you know, you just that constant mental battle of like, am I going to give up? Am I going to keep fighting? Can I do this? And I, so I feel like people need to know that they're not abnormal if that's what they're dealing with. Cause it's, it's scary to do this. <laughs> it is anything worth doing in life is uncertainty. Faith, God, you're really calling me here, right? (laughs) Yes, I am. All right. Well, I'm going to rely on you then. It's not unlike anything you've probably experienced to some degree in ministry, I would imagine. I'm I'm a pastor's kid. I was raised in ministry. I've been part of different sized churches and things. And there's a unique stress that goes along with that and unique challenges. But but it's not, I, I find that the overlap is greater than the differences in that you're trying to serve people with excellence. And that's kind of reflected in the results that you get at the end of the day is like, if you're serving well and, and loving people, that's all business is. It's serving well just yeah. as well with creativity. But I, I was kind of looking at my phone while you were saying those things, because there was a post that popped back up in the Facebook group. I, I made that, I made the post. It's been back summer of last year, but it speaks directly to what you're saying. This whole business building warrior mentality, really like that analogy. And to someone who's never tried to run a business, especially to a lot of politicians, like business building warrior. What are you talking about? You guys just take money from people and. No, we are, we are trying to turn a dollar into $2 while making customers very, very happy, which is the only way to do it. And a lot of times we turn a dollar into $0 because we didn't figure it out and it's hard and we lose sleep at night and we wake up in the middle of the night thinking of creative ways to serve more people. And, you know, there's a Hebrew prayer, God, send me more people that need stuff. Way I can serve them well and be able to provide for my family, right? Just a different perspective on what business really is. But that this post that I wanted to read about was, it speaks to what you're saying poverty mindset versus abundance mindset. Personal truth. A scarcity mentality. Those things are all contagious, as is fear, right? Contagious. Faith, 
however, courage and positivity, solutions, abundance mentality, even in this, even in the face of, which is easy to say when things are going relatively okay, but when things are kind of rough, change this new, you know, this distributor that just shut down for all of us, this, you know, new policy that I've got to deal with, new tax regulation, whatever. What does it make possible? that open because one thing we know is every time there's opposition there's opportunity that takes a warrior spirit so when i say things i'll repeat my list faith courage and that's a choice you have to make and they're the crazy thing is and the observation i was making these are both contagious so the reason i say warrior is this was an observation that was first made by my mentor Rabbi Daniel Lappin about this community. Like number two or three. You know, 50, 100 years, you know, 175 years more accurately, like civil war, those kinds of things. When wars were fought, if a soldier would turn their back and run in fear, cowardice, it wasn't uncommon at all for them to be shot by their own troops. Otherwise, the battle's over, right? right. So you'd shoot the guy, gets up, runs, shoot. You'd have to. You have to make that decision. Hmm. That's how dangerous cowardice is. That's how dangerous a poverty mentality is. That's how contagious it is. And equally contagious are all those positive things. So when I say warrior spirit, one of the things I'm saying is you got to do it with a group of people who keep you accountable for being negative and a coward and curling up a little ball in the corner because every opposition represents opportunity. And if you do it long enough, you start to recognize the pattern. And if you serve God long enough, you kind of recognize the pattern too. It's like, okay, you're going to bless me and then you're going to test me. And then you're going to bless me and then you're going to test me. And that's that new level, right? It's a new level. (laughs) Leadership is that way. You finally get step up and you breathe fresh air and you're on top of the mountain and the smoke clears and there's the biggest mountain you've ever seen. And God says, climb it. I'm like, wait, that's way bigger than this one. It's like, yep. Take a deep breath, enjoy the moment and climb it. Right. And there's no exceptions to that. There just isn't. So yeah, you're doing it right. Well, it's been, it's some month, been some months now since I've been crippled by fear and I could have tied it to, oh, my business is doing better, but it really, I think, is it's been the relationships that I built because I'm not doing this alone, and that's suddenly it's not such a scary thing to be doing, and that's yeah. it's beautiful. And I would say keep doing it. So, how many relationships? Like, give me a number. How many quality relationships would you say? You know, and, and your friends are going to call you like, "Was I on your list?" <laughs> so make a big number, but <laughs> give me an approximate number of you know. I mean, you've kind of brought into your circle. I mean, I've got like at least probably seven people I'm reaching out to the week. Mm-hmm. And then I've got this Facebook group of the, we call this, we're called the success squad warriors that I'm put in. There's probably 15 of us in there. So there's constant talking going on in there, but it's just, it's just nice to have a place where you can, you know, talk about whatever it needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. We, we, we encourage that. We do it very intentionally for maybe there's some new folks listening to this podcast. If you get into our Facebook group, we got instructions on how to find others who live near you. Notes today. 
people into groups. We, we just force it. We encourage it. We will drag you kicking and screaming if we have to into building relationships because that is a key to your success. And, and you're doing a great job of it, Tamina. Good job. I love it. Thank you. I actually started a Colorado Springs group because I know you, you talk about finding some locals. Yeah. So I've just, I've just kind of got that going. We've only met like twice, but I'd love for anybody to reach out to me if they live in the Springs because I'd love to get them in that. Outstanding. Yeah. So we've got a thread in the Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com to jump in there if you want to go check it out. It's free. And you can see the major cities that people live near because that we figured that's kind of the best way to figure out who lives near you is if everyone goes to this thread and says, hey, I, I live near Tampa. I live near you know, this city, whatever major city. And then you kind of reach out to those. You do a search for your major cities near you and you, you see who else lives near you. You just do a private message, reach out to those folks. And we've seen wow, dozens easily. Maybe, we may be over a hundred of these groups that have organically formed based on just that simple Facebook community kind of going oh, yeah. through the steps it takes, you know? That's how I started it. Facebook can be a little bit of a pain because sometimes your message doesn't really get through to a person if they have their right. privacy settings on. So mm-hmm. like I reached out to all the Colorado Springs people I could find, but I've gotten a few in the group. There's, I think there's five of us now, but yeah. like I'm sure there's, there's more, but it's it's hard to connect with them. But yeah, it can be. Facebook can make it a bit of a challenge, but it, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now that you're coming on as a coach, you'll have access to our database and you can like, okay, let's do a quick search here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you can get creative. We can have some fun. We'll talk on the other side of that, about that kind of stuff. But we, yeah, we love coaches creatively serving the community, whatever they can do to spread the word. Because from my vantage point, Tamina, there's just so much opportunity out there when, you know, I have those days, the rough days, the days I'm like, oh man, okay, is it time for a pivot? Like, I got, do I need to move away from this? this particular stream right here, or is it, you know, I I really could use some advice. I could use some wise counsel, but for the most part, when I look around at what we've got going on around here and the different things that are working in in process, I have nothing but optimistic positivity for the future, just based on trends, you know, more people shopping online, Amazon's dominating. That leads to so many great income streams that we're, we're in the right business. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a fight to be optimistic about the future because all yeah. the big trends are in our favor, right? It's another way to say it, but yeah. Well, what else is on your mind? I want to hear more from you. If there's anything else, any questions for me or any observations or, or, or tips for the listeners? Um, let's see. Well, the one thing I wanted to say as a was like, oh, I'll just use these personal credit cards. And I, I racked them up and suddenly my credit score dropped 200 points. And it was like, oh, that was dumb. So I just wanted to put that out there, like get business credit if you're getting credit. <laughs> yeah. But if you pay those cards off on time, you know, I would say get business cards, you know, interesting topic for yeah. sure. And we're not going to dive totally into it. You want to keep your personal and business separate anyway, regardless, but yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I'm not too concerned about not using credit cards. I'm not like, a, I'm, I love Dave Ramsey. We got a lot of Dave Ramsey loyalists in the listening audience. That's great. I'm not against credit cards. I love all those free points. You pay them off yeah. on time. And how it affects my credit score, I'm not really worried about that because I know if I've got a thriving business, money is going to be thrown at you. <laughs> Just, right. If you know how to right. change a dollar into $2, there's a lot of people out there who want to give you a dollar, right? And yeah. there's no shortage. But yeah, personal credit cards is probably one of the riskiest ways to do that. 
if you do start doing some credit, but, but please tread very cautiously into those waters as well. And when in doubt, yeah. it's probably not the right time to do it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you need a track record of making good buying decisions before you really absolutely borrow money for yeah. inventories. Um, how much did you, you know, talk us through the numbers a little bit. You said it got a little dicey on just the credit score side, or did you have trouble paying the balances? No, I always had no problem paying like the minimum payment. It was just that when I was trying to get some actual business credit, they used my credit score and it mm-hmm. so my score looked bad because I had high balances on these personal cards. So I had to like, I ended up taking an Amazon loan to pay down the personal credit. And then I was able to qualify for business credit cards. So it's, it's been some juggling, but. Well, you know, there's, and you may have heard of some of these services. They've been sponsors at our events and such like a crew me seven figure funding, even Amazon lending that looks not at your credit score. They could care less about your credit score. They look at the amount of inventory you've got. Let's say you've got $50,000 of inventory sitting in Amazon. It's worth at least 30,000. So we'll loan you that much. You know, if, if, if even if you liquidated it out, there's 30 grand sitting there. So we'll loan you that much against the collateral of your inventory. And, you know, because if, if you have to make a payment, just sell some inventory, right? So you don't have to use personal credit scores and that sort of thing once you get rolling. So just some options for you to look into. Did you look into any of those alternate funding options? Yeah, I did a little bit. I might be moving that direction. For now, I'm like, I'm enjoying the 0% business credit cards is That's what I'm hard using. to be. Like, but then after that first year, I'll probably be moving that direction is my guess. So yeah. yeah, we see some people get real creative rotating through those zero interests one year, like just stacking them. There was a guy at the event last year, I've referenced him a couple of times who had 30 different credit cards, one for each day of the month. And he would pay them off on the same, on on the day before. So he never went over 30 days. It's like, okay, today's the 14th. Today's the day I make sure that one that's used on the 15th is paid off. Right. Yeah. (laughs) He just rotates through and points on all of them and keeps, you know, he'll pop new ones in when the zero interest thing runs out. Like, it says beautiful. Like he oh just, my gosh! He swears I didn't even know like, you qualify for the credit cards either. I've never heard of such a thing. I'm not recommending it necessarily. I need to learn more, but that's how he's doing it. And yeah, there's some there's some pretty creative solutions out there for funding. But yeah, topic to get into next. But if you're careful, it really is hard to lose money with the models as we teach them. It's hard. Yeah. You can take little hits here and there, but you're not going to like, oh no, I lost $3,000 today. Like that's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, only, the times that I lose money is when Amazon suddenly won't let me sell it. That's been probably the biggest loser where I have to go liquidate on eBay or something. But like, I don't think it's ever been more than Yeah, small quantities. <laughs> you learn, you learn a little lesson because you don't have yeah. three hundred units of anything. We have a few units right. at a time. Talk me through the process of how you're finding your inventory. What are you looking for on the Keepa charts? So I am doing a OA. So I'm doing a lot of tactical arbitrage. I know you advise against this. I am using lead lists, but I do not buy off the lead list. I will 
put that out there. And thanks for the um, disclaimer. I use it only as a research method to show me like these are the stores to buy from today or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Here's so those have been stores really- I've never heard of, some new brands I've never heard of. Yeah, for that yeah. it's beautiful. But if you just take it as a buy list, you are digging a hole. Yeah. yeah. So I'll often use the lead list to go do a brand search on Keepa. I'm doing a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you looking for on Keepa when you see an ASIN? Like what are your triggers? Yeah. So I really like, I really focus on the seller count. And Denver, she was kind enough. So the drop in rank is I'm looking for that seller count movement. If it's dropping, the seller counts dropping off a bunch, I know it's selling regardless of what that rank is at. So I have a minimum of like, I don't know, I want to see like five drops at least in a month. Like I want, but yeah, I just, I'm looking for those fast moving ASINs. I really, love to work with those ones so i don't five, keep it drops in a month you'll you'll pay attention to an asin that's only dropping five times a month on keepa if well, um, yeah that's what i'm looking for that's my yeah my I, magic I, I number. Can say in my head if the sellers are having a party that that's yes, selling right exactly <laughs> yep that's, yeah a lot yeah. of times it looks like it's not moving at all but you see that seller account moving and you're like this is a good item mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So if, if something's got a high drop count and a low seller count, I'm like, there's something there because I can probably sell it even at a higher price than everyone else because it's just, it's moving. Yeah. And that's one of the things I look for too, but you kind of get your own preferences. A lot of times right. new sellers come in and like, okay, tell me exactly what I need to see on Keepa. I'm like, well, there's 50 right, right ways to do this. So let's keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I box how you. it if i'm going to try it so i don't know what the best method of that is to track which asins are involved with it at any given time kind of yeah you mean yeah well the nice thing about it is it's really keep doing what you're doing just test higher prices initially yeah that's really it and if it doesn't sell within two or three weeks come down to where you were going to sell it anyway than it can chew. And there's no way to prove it. Amazon won't release the data that proves the hypothesis that I have at this point. I've got a theory and it's okay. being proven right by a lot of sellers right now, but I think my theory is spot on. Amazon has said, we want to be the everything store. Anybody, anywhere in the US can buy anything. We're going to get to you quick. 150 warehouses all over the place. They can't stock them. They just can't. Right. So we've been trained as resellers to try to be price competitive. And we treat Amazon like it's one central warehouse that everybody's shopping from. It's not, it's 150 warehouses. So if you've got a fast moving ASIN, and let's say buy box is bouncing around between 22 and $24, and there's a lot of sellers battling in that buy box, 22 to $24. I'm going to come in at 32 for a week or two and just see what happens. And more often than not, I make a sale or two. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? I am way more expensive than typical buy box. How is that possible? Well, it's possible because, you know, a mom in Tampa has a birthday party tomorrow and needs this thing that's sitting in a warehouse in Tampa. And there's no other of that unit anywhere. 
They got 50 of them in LA. They got 40 of them in Chicago. They got one of them in Tampa and she needs it today by 4 p.m. Or she's going to be freaking out hitting every Walmart in the city, right? Like that's how people use Amazon. And once you start to kind of almost visualize Amazon not being one central warehouse where everybody shops, it's 150 warehouses with products flying in and out the door all day, every day. Some people want their stuff fast and they are not price sensitive. So if you just get on those fast moving ASINs and test higher prices, you're going to make more sales at good margins than you would. You're going to make fewer sales, but you're going to make more sales at better margins than you were before. Right. So that's really the only change you have to make is test high initially. Do you have a software using to track that to know like, these are the ones I just listed. These are the ones that have been there two weeks and aren't selling like. We are using, there's a, there's a new module inside the proven Amazon course with be cool. that's put together where basically the rule is for us. (laughs) leave it alone for 30 days. We don't even use a repricer. If a sale doesn't happen after 30 days, the repricer kicks on, brings us down to the buy box range, plays the little game with the people in the 22 to $24 range. You know, everybody penny trying to out penny each other. Yeah. And we move the inventory that way. And then as our inventory sells, we're looking at the price that it sold for and then making our future buying decisions. Okay. If anything's just sat there for 60 days, pull the lever, flush the toilet, it's out the door, (laughs) whatever you got to do, we're getting rid of it, right? So those are kind of the the things we're keeping an eye on, you know, and and you'll have, you know, we'll still jump on the sales and the clearance aisle, walk past the clearance aisle and there's a stack of $20 bills. I'm not going to walk past it. I know I could never buy that product again for that price. So we may or may not do the above the buy box game with that. We're just going to turn those $10 products into $50 sales and be done with them, knowing we can probably never find them again, right? So you get that in there kind of muck, some of those ASINs kind of mucking things up a little bit, your system, you know, they're not treated the same way. But for the most part, right, right system otherwise just keep track of okay all the stuff i sent in today i'm going to check in on three weeks from now and see if i see how it's doing if you don't use a repricer see how it's doing i told a few i like that price i'm going to leave it up there because i say all the time i would rather have 100 asins that sell three times a month than three asins that sell 100 times a month Right. I could get kicked off that ASIN. What am I going to do with all this inventory? I'd rather have a hundred ASINs that I'm selling three units a month on those versus yeah. looking for that one golden perfect ASIN that I can go super deep on. You know, but what you get to do that once you get into branded bundles or maybe private label. Like that's later. That's not the replens model. You don't go deep with replens. You just don't because you're a reseller right. and there's a lot of other people out there doing the same thing, including Amazon. But you play the game well, you can. King got his $3 million business and he just swipes down to check his stats, right? So it works. But you know, I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> oh, I think we're, I think a lot of us are heading in that direction because the only difference really between what he's built and what a lot of others have already built is he's built a software system that really dials in some of the rough edges and, and automates, yeah. like looking through all your past ASINs, monitoring them constantly and saying, okay, today, here's the 10 you really need to go take a look at. 
It's been three months since you sold any of them, but the price is climbing on Amazon. Time to go take another look at it because you know the price dropped a while back and you moved away. Okay, the price is back up in nice territory. So it alerts you. Time to go look yeah. at these, right? Beautiful. But is that software live? It is live for Kang and for 15, 20 of our top students and coaches on our team. You know, okay. we're uploading a bunch of stuff into it now. A bunch of us playing with it. Kind of, you could say it's in beta one. Right. <laughs> with beta two and three coming. And then we'll start trickling some people in by the time we get to the conference in May. Good reason to come to the conference. Meet Kang, hear about the software and how we're doing with it. But yeah, I think it's going to revolutionize how OA and RA are done on Amazon. The replens model get automated. Yeah, it's going to be- I'm excited about that. I am too. I'm very excited. (laughs) I'm all about the tools. Honestly, I I have a lot of tools. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us do have Frankenstein kind of tool sets and, and that's great. And a lot of those tools will still be necessary. But a lot of them won't be, too, you know, because we're, you know, we're kind of getting into the tool game finally. I've, I'll, we've stayed out of the tool game, but we're kind of waiting in now. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Well, what else? What else is on your mind? I mean, I think that's about it for me. I'm, I'm really bummed that I can't go to the conference this year. Oh, My no. daughter's graduating, so yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out online. But yeah. Next year, I will definitely be there. <laughs> well, we'll have live stream as an option and you'll be in the Facebook group with everybody. And there's hundreds registered already, but we'll, yeah, we'll absolutely have to see a 2025 event. It's crazy. That's right. We're already starting to try to start picking a city for 2025. <laughs> like already. Oh, is it going to beat the one you did this year? Because I was really excited about SeaWorld. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it's, yeah. Thanks for pointing it out. It's a great location this year. I, no, we don't have any cities in mind yet for 2025, but May of 2024... Right next door to SeaWorld. Yep. Yeah, a beautiful Hilton property that just custom made for this community. Very family friendly. And I hate that you can't be there. So sorry about that. But you were with us, you said, last year in Columbus. So you yep. know the power of these events. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> but live stream it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we're hopefully going to be there. But yeah, for the listeners' sake, approvenconference.com to get details on that event. We're going to have 40 breakout sessions and This is our 12th year doing it, which makes us the longest running Amazon seller conference in the world, which is crazy to me, but here we are. That's what we do. <laughs> I love that. But it's, what's so different about it is you can look over the list of speakers and presenters, and none of them are people who have like some kind of you know famous book or following or YouTube or TikTok channel. Or like, we're not bringing in people because they're famous and known and recognized. It's not, a, it's not a collection of celebrities that you can go hear their podcasts and their you know, they're, they have these big influential audiences kind of thing. It's real people from our community who kind of like your journey. Like, I didn't know what I was doing a couple of years ago and now it's going well. And here's the things I've learned and I want to teach you guys. That's who speaks and presents at our event, which just makes it, it just takes all the, it's not a show. It feels more like a family reunion and we're all there trying to help each other out in life and business. So I love that about it. And, and I'm like, well, got to make sure it's a good fit. Got to make sure it's a good right, fit. Right. It's great. It's a great feeling to be turning away sponsors. It's really great <laughs> after trying to scrape together the cash to make this thing happen for the first few years. And now we're like, yeah, oh, we're kind of a, a lot of people want to come. You know, so it, it's going to be a great time, but sorry, you're going to miss it. But live stream, <laughs> yeah, live stream, sure. it's coming. 
Well, okay. Besides that, any anything else? I think I think it's been a great episode. You did a tremendous job. You now know why there's no reason to be nervous. We're just hanging out, having a chat, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, you've made it very easy. Oh, good. <laughs> Good. Oh, I just enjoy it. I really, I genuinely enjoy this with, you know, 780 some episodes. Just, I can't believe it's been that many, but every one of them is just a, it's a a great person coming from, you know, with a great story and family and challenges. And um, I get inspired. It's a great way for me as we're recording this on a Friday. It's a great way for me to end the week for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, those podcasts have definitely been very inspiring for me along the way. I'm like, just keep listening to it. I'm like, oh, somebody else is doing this. I can do it too. Like, it's yeah. just such an encouragement. Yeah, it's contagious, right? Yeah. The courage <laughs> is contagious. The the motivation. Outstanding. Great hanging out with you today. Appreciate uh, the time that you spent with us. And I know your time is very valuable. And God bless you guys in your ministry and in your work. Very much appreciate that as well as a you know pastor's kid and coming from a minister's home. I know that uh, that's not a gig for the faint of heart by any means, especially the last few years. <laughs> that's for sure. I know. <laughs> like, wait, I thought we all loved each other. No, wait a oh. second. There's some issues that are a big deal right now that they're wrong. And like, yeah, managing that. I think any leader of any merit at all the past three or four years inside the church and business, anything is just been, and I'll say this, you know, I, I read one statistic that the number of pastors and CEOs that just stepped away and said, okay, I, I yeah, just, I you know, heard that stat like record it, numbers. It yes. doesn't surprise me too, with all the stories I've heard of mm-hmm. churches that just, there was no unity, you know? So didn't I'm know, so thankful that we didn't go out. through that here. Like in, at our church, it was good. It, it was actually very easy to go through COVID with our church. It was yeah. a blessing. Yeah. Well, that's, that means you did it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And hindsight being 2020, I can't hold it against a lot of people who got a little nervous, but man, yeah. yeah. We put everyone put relationships ahead of their own personal preferences. So like that, yeah. that's what it came down to is beautifully done. And and, yeah. and that's just re- reflective of the quality of the leadership that you guys bring. And and uh so well done. No. God bless you guys. Keep serving well and excited to get you on the team here soon as a coach. That's gonna be really cool. We'll have a new coach. It sounds like we'll be talking again soon as we kind of get you ramped up for that. But yeah, have a great weekend. And, and let me just talk to the listeners for a second, Tamina, as we start to wrap this okay. one up. If this was one of the first episodes you've ever heard of our podcast, you should know that, like I mentioned just a moment ago, we've got hundreds of episodes. We're approaching 800 episodes at this point, the vast majority of which are interviews with students of the Proven Amazon course, which is the flagship training course for this community. It has all the training modules you'll ever need in regards to the many different ways to make money on Amazon. We encourage all new students to start with the model we talked about today with Tamina, which is replans. But from there, so many new directions you can go once you have that base foundation model. That base foundation could turn into, like we talked about with our student Kang, a $3 million business, just that model. But there's a lot of other things you can tack onto it over time as well, create multiple income streams, that's what we do here. So enjoy some of those episodes when you're ready to move forward. Uh, one course of action that I might suggest is to get into our free Facebook group or give us a call at our coaching office. You can book a call actually. Silentgym.com has links to all of this, but there's a direct link to our calendar. Silentgym.com slash book a call is the link you need for that. And you can get on our calendar and have a conversation with one of the great coaches on our team and see if that's a good fit for you. Tamina, thank you for your time today. 
Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you did it. An excellent job. Appreciate you very much. Uh, all the preparation you did for this. As a, you were a great guest. And for all those who joined us today, please know that we'll have another great episode for you again very soon. God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us today. As we like to do once a week or so, I bring on a good friend of mine, Mr. Jeff Schick of jeffschick.com. He's our resident lawyer with all things Amazon legal, Amazon policy. He always has a great tip for us. What do you have for us today, Jeff? Hey, so I have an interesting one. This is about buying American. Now, this is not some, you know, pro, you know, only buy stuff that's made in the USA. Wave your flag, right? (laughs) But it does sort of go along the same thing. Um, So when you sell a product on Amazon, they're expecting that the products you sell are going to be, like if you're buying, and this is assuming Amazon.com, they're expecting that the products you sell on Amazon.com are intended for the US market. And that sounds really simple to a, like most of us hearing that probably say, wow, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> you know? But if you think what, what we're starting to see this trend of is there's a lot of websites out there that are designed to separate Amazon sellers from their dollars. And they do this by finding ways to cut corners and make money off of sellers who don't know any better. So there's like one of the big things that we've been seeing a trend of is sellers buying products from third-party sellers on walmart.com that ship products from China that are usually counterfeit. Those, of course, are not, you know, counterfeit products are not protected by the first sale doctrine. You can't sell them in on Amazon. They don't take- For those any- who don't know, you can sell on amazon.com yes. as a third-party seller and have inventory yes. that's not endorsed by or held by or okayed by Walmart. So it, you could be buying counterfeit inventory off walmart.com. It's very possible. Right, which is why we only recommend buying from Walmart as Walmart. a seller, not from any Walmart third-party seller. you intend to resell, Absolutely. absolutely. Now, similarly, we're also seeing this rise of interesting websites that are popping up and they come up with fancy names and they look really good. They've got great web designers, but they're typically based in foreign countries and they may not even really make you realize it's a foreign country. Like some websites are explicit that you'll buy, you'll be purchasing in euros, you know, or British pounds. That's a pretty good indicator that it's a foreign country because, you know, you're not going to usually buy American products from a U.S. company in euros. But some of them will charge you in U.S. dollars, and they'll make it look like it's a a website here in the states. But then the products will be shipped to you, and they'll come DHL, and they'll be shipped from you know France, well, mm-hmm. or Spain. Red flag, red flag, because it may be authentic product. Like, well, let's take a bottle of sunscreen. You might buy a bottle of sunscreen, and it's authentic sunscreen shipped from Spain to the United States. It came from the manufacturer. It was you know that maybe it's, it's Italian sunscreen that was made in Italy sold in spain it's also sold in the united states but they you're buying the one in spain and it's being shipped to you there the problem with it is that when you start selling it on an amazon listing consumers may notice that it's a different bottle you know it may be in spanish or it may have you know seven seven languages on it you know the official languages of the european union and when you're looking at the bottle it's different uh, you know food products for instance in europe have circular uh you know, circular horizontal food labels that have kilocalories and kilojoules and things like that. Whereas products in the United States are, are vertically based with bars and squares and says, right. Yeah. And ounces too, you know, not grams. So the products can be materially different between the two state, two countries or two, you know, two economies because one is packaged for Spain and the other is packaged for the U S even if it's the exact same packaging, it can still be a problem because the manufacturer has intended for that bottle to be sold in Spain. And so when we start taking it into the United States without the manufacturer's consent, 
we're now importing a product uh, across, you know, across country borders right. without manufacturer consent. And so, you know, just from a high level legal scenario, the first sale doctrine doesn't apply to that sale. And the big example I remember was a guy who was, I think, going to Europe and he was buying up very expensive textbooks for pennies on the dollar where they're much cheaper over there. And he was bringing them right. back and selling them in the U.S. And right. there was a big lawsuit. And I think that's what brought awareness to this for a lot of people is just, just because you can fit it in your suitcase or get someone to ship it to you in a box doesn't mean you're allowed to sell it in the country where you're at. Correct. Because then it becomes what's called a parallel import. And you got that case perfect. And they're now using that to, you know, expand trademark law here in the States. So big rule of thumb, you know, checking your websites, make sure that it has a U.S. address on the website, U.S. customer service team. You know, I'm always a big thing, a big advocate. If you've never heard of the website before, you know, do your due diligence. And if you find, you know, if you, if you feel comfortable, buy one item, don't yeah. buy 25 just because they're a good deal. Buy right. one, ship it Best to your deal. house yep. and look at it. Because you can tell a lot by looking at the tracking history as to where that product came from, how it's packaged. And, and you know, it's if you get that bottle of sunscreen, I'm a huge advocate. Go to CVS, buy the same bottle of sunscreen, put them side by side. Are they side the same? Shape? Yep. Are they the same size? Are they the same weight? Are they the same color? And if it shows Everything. up DHL, that's always a little bit of a red flag. I'm like, hmm, I didn't realize I was ordering something from another country. You know, for me, right. that's a little red flag for me to just be sure and verify as well. Absolutely. So watch for all that sort of stuff and and see, and then also watch out, you know, uh, UPS now has some interesting, I think they're called mail innovations where stuff is shipped and it'll just be like magically appear in the United States <laughs> and it's really being shipped from abroad. So you got to okay. watch out for the packages too, but gotcha. Well, great tip, yeah. man. Appreciate you. you. Hopefully that'll help keep someone out of some trouble there. And I, as all you always do, you bring such great practical tips that we can just put the work right when we hear them. So thanks for hanging out with us today and we'll hang out with you again very soon. For those who didn't realize it, Jeff is one of the great sponsors coming up at the Proven Conference, July 6th through 8th, 2023. You're going to be there, right, buddy? Bringing your team? I already booked my ticket. In fact, uh, I was talking to one seller. They said plane tickets are going up in price. So, you know, I locked mine in a couple of weeks ago. I highly recommend everyone else do the same. So yeah, for sure. See you in Ohio in July. Can't wait to do it. And we'll have you back again next week. All right, Jeff. All right. Thank you. Appreciate Talk it. Talk to you then. See you, buddy. Thanks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening today. One last shout out to today's incredible sponsor, Seller Board. You can go check them out at silentgym.com slash numbers. And if you don't know what they do, here's a quick reminder. They help you know which of your listings on Amazon are profitable. Which products should you cut out of your inventory? Which one should you maybe go a little deeper? It's not an instinct-based decision when you're thinking about your inventory. Use a tool that can help you make really good decisions. They have a whole bunch of other cool features as well. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and find out more. Thank you, Sellerboard. I'll have another great episode for you very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.